Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. Just thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about navigating worry and fear. You know, there's no way we can have unity or peace in our lives if we're living into worry and fear. So are there any biblical principles we can lean on in this area? What does God have to say about worry and fear? I am so honored to have a guest interview that can speak directly to the questions of worry and fear. Dale Ward is a friend and pastor of Discovery Church Winter Garden, Florida. Unity Works family, please welcome Dale Ward. Pastor Dale, how are you? Hey, Daryl, I'm doing well today. I'm so glad that you introduced me first as your friend before a pastor, because I do consider you to be a friend. And so glad that you invited me today on your podcast. I was excited to hear that you had launched this new endeavor. I believe that you have a a perspective and a voice that's very much needed today, and I'm uh, really glad that I could be a part of uh, your podcast today. Oh, thank you, Dale, so much. And I, I got to brag on you first. Now, you know this story, <laughs> but I, I got to tell the listeners, you know, if anyone's looking for a church home, you'll love Dale. Uh, I'm not so proud to say this, but I, I just have to be honest, you know, Jennifer and I kind of church hopped for a while when we first got to Florida. We just could not find you know, where everyone seemed connected with my wife or my children. And so this couldn't get the right fit. So I went to Discovery Church for an 11 a.m. service by myself. I figured no more bringing the kids and my wife until we can (laughs) connect. And I remember just the music and the other people that I met, but specifically I'm thinking, wow, Jennifer's going to love this guy, meaning you. And so the next week I brought Jen and the kids and we've been there ever since. And I was counting last night. That's five years ago. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, it's crazy that you'd say it's five years and, uh, you guys truly, it's like family and, uh, just glad that you guys are part of discovery, your entire family. It's been a good time, but yeah, hard to believe it's already been five years. Love when you are there as part of our a worship team and one of our worship leaders and just what you've brought to Discovery. It's been, it's been a joy for us, for sure, Now, I really, really appreciate that. And just we just love it there. The kids are connected. My wife loves it, too. And just for the listeners, a little background from you. Like, how did you, you know, first get to Florida and become the pastor of Discovery Church Winter Garden? Well, wow, that's a loaded question. And how all that happened probably is a little bit more time than what we have today. I, I'll briefly just tell you, I was uh, born and raised, grew up in Illinois. And then uh, 20, 25 years ago, uh, my wife and I and our three kids, we moved to Florida after having spent some time uh, pastoring churches in uh, Missouri and in Texas. But uh, my wife's originally from Florida and her family, so we moved to be near them, uh, and we've uh, we've just been so grateful to uh, to be a part of Discovery Church. I've been uh, on staff, a pastor at the Winter Garden Campus for the last 10 years, and just really, really enjoy being a part of the community here in the Winter Garden, uh, Windermere area, and uh, yeah, just enjoy, very thankful for, for the opportunity we have to be a part of Discovery. 
Yeah, it is fantastic. And we just love your leadership. And as part of your leadership, you often say that, you know, your faith walk is a journey, you know? And mm-hmm. when I think about that, I think of my own faith and my own walk. And I've noticed as I've gotten older, I've matured. You know, Maxie, I, I think in some areas, you know, God's kind of proud. Other areas, he's like, you got some work to do, Daryl, you know? <laughs> but uh, I, I'm making better decisions now. But you know, worry and fear still seems to creep its way into certain areas of my life. So in your experience, is worry and fear one of those areas that people struggle with the most? Yeah, well, it's definitely the case. And, you know, many of the conversations I seem to be having these days, I I was reading an article this last week in which uh, I read a poll from the American Psychiatric Association in which 40% of Americans said that they're more anxious than they were one year earlier, and that safety, health, and finances were the greatest sources of anxiety. So, yeah, when I read that, I said, wow, you know, 40%, that's interesting. And then uh, it really surprised me when I, I realized the article that I was reading was from 2018. So this poll was people in 2018, 40% of them saying that they uh, were really felt themselves to be, um, you know, wrestling with, battling, I guess, uh, worry and anxiety more than they were in 2017. So in light of what's transpired in our world over the last two years, I'm I'm sure whatever the uh, poll would be today would actually be higher. And it is represented, again, many of the conversations that I have today, there's often an undertone of of worry, uh, anxiety, uh, and just fear. And I can tell you on a personal note, uh, for me, Daryl, I I come from a long line of warriors. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, is not someone who worries a lot. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? The way that God puts couples together, and yes, and uh, she doesn't. Uh, she's not a natural you know, someone who worries. And so, in the early years of our marriage, it was really, it was sometimes a force uh, or a force of um, a friction that I felt like because I worried more about situations and people that I cared more. And uh, so, you know, I felt like, well, if she worried more, she would care like I do. But as we have uh, progressed through life and as I've learned, I've really come to understand that, you know, the fact that you worry more doesn't necessarily mean that you care more than somebody else. But what I do know is that um, fear and worry and anxiety, it, it can be paralyzing is probably a good word for it. Yeah, that's so true. I think Jennifer and I can attest to that. There are some things that really concerns her that I'm not remotely worried about. But you know what? The flip side's true, too. There are times when I'm more concerned or worried and and she's not. So, you know, I know there are many lessons in the Bible that speak to worry and fear. Just for our listeners and for me, too, do you have, you know, one or two you can share that we can lean on? Well, it's a great question. I was, I was thinking through that, Daryl. I think that you're hard-pressed to find any person in the Bible that we have you know, much information about them that you don't find that they had um, reasons and opportunities for fear and worry and anxiety in their lives. And there are many stories, uh, whether it's uh, King David in the Old, Te- the Old Testament. One that I really am intrigued by is a a prophet named Habakkuk, and there's a small book in the Bible uh, that uh, bears his name, three chapters, really a great read. 
Um, so as you go through, I, again, you find so many different stories, but I, I was thinking about some verses that have been helpful for me. And one of the verses that I really kind of a go-to for me as it relates to fear and worry is um, it's from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And I'd like to read it to you from the message translation. Uh, so Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says this, don't fret or worry. So let me just pause there, Daryl. I've been told that, you know, there's 365 times in the Bible where there's a command by God that tells us not to be afraid or uh, to fear not. Whether or not that's true, I haven't counted them all, but um, I know there are at least that many. Some say there are 365 because uh, God wants to remind us every day not not to live in fear. But at least that many, and maybe even more times in the Bible, it's specifically God says, don't be afraid. So in this passage here in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he starts off, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns, and before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Again, that's Philippians 4, 6, and 7 from the Message Translation, and I just love the way that it reads. I especially love how it talks about when you shape your worries into prayer. It's an act of faith, and it's, a, it's an act of worship that actually can, it can lead us to shift from our own perspective and to begin to gain God's perspective. So again, I, it's just one of the passages that I go to, but there are so many throughout the scripture. I just think it speaks to God's character that he loves us so much that he speaks so much about fear and worry and the fact that he wants us to not live in fear and worry because of his great love for us. Yeah, that is so good, Dale. Thanks for sharing that. And you're right. I think, I think God kind of knew that was going to be a challenge in our lives, and I think He wanted to speak to that as many times as He could to make sure that we kind of got that. And I think one of the areas that I struggle with, and you know, maybe some of the listeners can can relate to this, is that I kind of have what I call that spiritual back and forth. You know, where there are days I feel strong, and the challenging times just really don't bother me at all. But then it just seems like days later, it's as if I forgot and I'm full of worry again. Uh, what can we do to remember and just, just have more faith in, in yeah. God when we go through those trials? Yeah, man, that's really good. Um, well, couple, I can share with you a couple of things that have been so helpful for me, because as I said, this is something that I uh, I wrestle through, battle, and deal with. And so some things that have been helpful for me is that you know, I just make it a daily practice to spend time alone with God in, in uh, meditation and in reflection. Uh, what works best for me. And again, I'm in a season in life where I'm able to do this easier than, than some others. You know, if you have small children or kids at home, it's a little bit more complicated to do this early in the morning. But for me, it's a a season where I'm able to do that. So I love to get up early and just spend time alone and and meditation and reflection. And what's been super helpful for me in that, Daryl, is to, to journal. I've not I've not been someone who has been really consistent in the practice of journaling, but as I have started that over the last uh, 
over the last couple of years, it's uh, man, it's made a big difference in this area of um, uh, growing in my faith and and seeing some of my worry and anxiety settle. So in my journal, I do a couple things. First of all, um, I have a worry list, and like that passage of scripture I read a couple of minutes ago from Philippians four, uh, I take those worries that I have and actually uh, shape them into prayer. So I take my worry list and I actually write it out. And it's, it's really interesting how therapeutic it is to even take the things that I'm worried about and have to get them out of my head and, you know, onto a piece of paper. And I take that and I'm, I'm writing it out as a prayer before God. And so that's, that's super helpful to have a, to have a prayer list or my worry list that I, that I form into prayers. But then the, the second thing that I'd like to do in that journal, and that's, um, what I just call evidence of God's goodness. I, I know for me, you know, you just said, Daryl, how, how easy it is to ping pong back and forth on this. And man, I do that. It's, I, I can have, you know, what I call spiritual amnesia sometimes that I, I can forget. Oh, yes. I can just forget so quickly, you know, what God did for me yesterday or a year ago and, you know, 20 years ago. So, Sometimes, you know, it's just great to sit down and say, you know, where have I seen God's activity in my life or in the life of other people or in the, in the, the life of the world around me? Um, and so I just begin to write down some of those evidences of God's goodness, and that'll lead sometimes to things that I'm thankful for. And then when I do that, there's a, a real shifting that begins to happen there. And then the, the other thing I would say, so again, I, I you know, take time for... Uh, daily meditation, reflection, journal around that. But then I've also found that it's helpful to, to process with a friend. And it's amazing. Like I said, when you write it down on a piece of paper, but even take it a step further than that, and you begin to, uh, to talk to someone, and we just have to, you know, form sentences and, and articulate what's going on. Sometimes, we, you know, we say, you know, i, I got to get out of my head. And it's amazing what happens when you take and you just have to sometimes even by the time you get it out of your out of your head and you, you formalize sentences around it, it's kind of amazing what can happen to to bring about some peace. But if you're doing that with a friend that that you you trust and somebody that you can uh, talk to, that's pretty remarkable. And I would say that you know to any of the listeners that you would say, man, I, I don't have a friend like that. You know, again, I, I think that's a place where. Church can be a wonderful opportunity for you to get connected with other people. There are uh, opportunities at churches like ours where you can get connected in a small group. But I think one of the ways that um, fear and anxiety really begins to paralyze us is when we isolate ourselves. And uh, isolation is a very um, unhealthy and even dangerous place to live. So, and then the last thing I would say is is worship. Uh, I, I said earlier about how much I enjoy you as one of our worship leaders, and I genuinely mean that. And, but there's just something that happens when you when you worship, you know, turn on good uh, worship music. Uh, there are so many different styles, and and, and uh, I would just find one that really ministers to you. But something, you know, throughout the Old Testament, King David talks about how music and worship, it soothes the soul. And especially when you're going through uh, times of anxiety, stress, worry, um, worship, singing, um, it can be very, very helpful in, in uh, experiencing peace. So those are just some of the ways that I've been going about that and, and that I find to be helpful. 
That's really so helpful. And, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about journaling, and you're right, I don't do that hardly at all. You know, Jennifer does pretty, pretty, a pretty good job of that. Um, and it's funny because you're right, kind of read back and some of the blessings God's given you in the past, it, you know, it can remind you. So that's a good tip and definitely, you know, connecting with others. So, and I think one of the challenges we have right now is because many of us feel like this new challenge is new, meaning COVID, that, you know, look, we can, I can look back on other things and, you know, those aren't so rare in our lives. Other people have been through those, but it feels like this one's so challenging. So right now, as you know, parents are making the difficult decision about sending their kids to school or go virtual and, you know, with any serious topic, but specifically with this kind of COVID discussion, I think the listeners just want to make a a better decision, a more godly decision. So you kind of spoke to that just a moment ago, but anything else you can think of to where we just can, I think that the phrase is put God at the center of your, of your mindset and the center of your decisions. You have to do what's best for your family and without judgment towards other people for, for their choices. I, you know, it's one of the things that's so polarizing these days and and I don't think that it's helpful. I think each person you've got to you've got to take into consideration your own uh, family dynamics and and responsibilities related to work. And there's so many other uh, considerations and issues that make it complicated. I just think each family has to really take time and pray about it to discuss it. I think it's important for uh, for parents to talk to their kids, really understand their feelings, their concerns, and and to where they're at with it. And uh, then I, I just think that parents are in the best position to, to make those decisions for their families. I think you gather facts and information. I don't think that faith uh, calls us to be foolish. I think that, that we we should gather facts and, and uh, take those uh, factors into consideration. But I think you do the best you can, you know, take appropriate precautions, but then you have to move forward with what God's telling you. And that's, that's a faith step. And to our earlier conversation, we, we can't operate out of fear, uh, you know, use the best sound judgment we have and make decisions based upon the information that we have. And we move forward in faith. You know, I really appreciate you also saying the the not judgment part. I mean, that's really prevalent right now. It feels like if uh, whatever decision you're making, there are people on the other side of that. And I think you're you're right. It's a it's a family decision based off of the facts. And I love that you said that faith does not require us to be foolish. So it's really important. And I you kind of teed me up for our last question here because you know we're all about unity here. So like I mentioned earlier, you know, there's really no way we can have unity or peace in our lives if we're living into worry and fear. So what do you think God has to say about just having more unity in general between his people? Yeah, I appreciate the question, Daryl, because, you know, unity is at the very heart of God. Um, You know, for that reason, we as a church, Discovery Church, a a few years ago, we set out and we just really became very intentional in praying um, for what we call unity in the midst of beautiful diversity. And we, we really long for that to be more than just a, a you know something clever that we say. We really believe it's at the heart of God. And so something that we, we have made a matter of prayer and, and something that we've been encouraged to see happening more and more in our church, but realizing we have a, a long ways to go. And while unity is at the very heart of God, we know that Satan is divisive. And wherever you, wherever you see disunity, uh, you can know that it's the work of evil. 
Um, but I'm encouraged and I'm reminded that just as the gospel, it broke down the walls that kept Jews and Gentiles apart in the first century, that same gospel, it, it can break down walls of um, uh, disunity, of uh, hostility, and it can bring about healing and unity today. But we each have to be willing to do the hard work. One of the verses that that um, I just think is so great around this issue of unity, it's in First Peter chapter 3, verse 8, and it says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Man, there, there's so much there. And, you know, as a pastor, I take get real excited about taking a lot of time to unpack all that. Again, it's First Peter 3, 8. I encourage uh, all of your listeners to take time and, and to look that up in the Bible and spend some time, you know, meditating around it, because there's a lot there. But the one thing I would just point out is that it says, at the end of the verse, it says, and keep a humble attitude. I believe, Daryl, that unity, it starts with humility. And for me, I think that humility starts by going before God and asking Him to reveal to me ways that I've, that I've contributed to disunity of any kind. Uh, not, in only, not just in things perhaps that I've said or done, but also in, in things that I've not said or done that perhaps I should have. And, ways that I've turned away from or I've ignored issues that have caused so much pain to others. So I think I start there with humility before God, just asking Him to reveal to me. Uh, secondly, I think uh, in humility, I, we should engage in conversations with people who, uh, who are racially different from us, who have a different background than we do, uh, who um, you know believe differently or vote differently. We should engage in, in conversations, but not not so much for the the purpose of debating and not so much to be understood, but rather to understand. And I think that's a posture of humility that uh, God would, would be pleased. And then I would say that when necessary, that confess and repent. Now, those are two, two really big uh, kind of church or Bible words that, that can be scary, but the word confess, it means to just say it is so. So as I go before God in humility, and as I engage in conversations with others, and and I'm honest with myself, and I come to a place that I realize there are some things that don't represent the heart of God in my heart, that I just need to say it so. I need to confess it. And then that word repent, again, that's a, a word that sometimes conjures up all kind of, of visuals for us. But what, what, what repent actually means in the Bible, it just means a change of mind that results in a, in a change of direction or a change of behavior. It means that, that I realize that the way that I've been thinking is leading me down uh, the wrong direction. And so I change my thinking, but then I, I actually change the direction that I'm going. I, I, I change... Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Best way to say it is just kind of change direction. So, I think that that's very helpful for all of us to to look at and again not to, to judge. I mean, others, but to take some really time and and look at ourselves and have have some honest conversations with ourselves and with God. And then the last thing I'd say about that, Daryl, is that you know what it starts at home. Uh, what we teach our kids and our grandkids. I saw uh, something that you had 
uh, posted a while back, and you really talked about this and how it is so um, much our responsibility as parents, as grandparents, and, and within our own homes to uh, to teach our kids what is right, what represents the heart of God, which is love and kindness and, and unity. And, and so it really starts at home. So Again, that's just some of the things that I would I would say that I think are really helpful in this conversation around unity. Well, Pastor Dale, I can't thank you enough for your time and your wisdom, and just giving us some guidelines on, you know, how to how to navigate this. It's a it's a challenging time for everyone, and I really meant what I said. If you're out there listening and you're looking for a church home, and you live in the Central Florida area, Discovery Church has three locations. Of course, Pastor Dale is the pastor of my location, which is Winter Garden. I say my location, but uh, we kind of feel like it's, uh, you know, we're territorial of Winter Garden. But the Winter Garden campus is a Winter Garden, Violin Road. We have the Alafaya campus, and that's an Alafaya Trail, Orlando. And the main campus, and Sand Lake campus, Sand Lake Road, we're three campuses. But And here's the good news. You don't have to do what I did and church hop. We are online. So yeah. you can stream our services literally right now. And I love that we we record and we'll put those up so you can look at last week's service right now. So I really appreciate you being here, Dale. And just as we were launching this and we're talking about unity, I could think of no one else that's going to bring this together than you. And if you're listening, thinking, you know what? Uh, this guy sounds kind of kind of cool. Yes, he is. So I'm, I'm trust me, he's a real guy. He's real down to earth. He loves God and he and he teaches us well. So Dale, thank you so much for being here. Love you, bro, very much. Hey man, love you, Daryl. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to thank Pastor Dale Ward from Discovery Church. You know, worry and fear is so common, but as Pastor Dale said, God wants us to lean on Him and overcome worry and fear by remembering the blessings He's given us before. Life works better when we come together. Talk to you all next week.